Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. Welcome back to another episode of the Deal Deep Dive segment on the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. In this segment, our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've invested in. We will dive deep into finding the deal, financing the deal, writing an offer, and the due diligence. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this episode. And now, let's dive deep. Welcome back to the Westside Investors Network podcast. Today, I'm your host, Trent Werner. I'm joined by Fred Moskowitz. Fred is an experienced investor who is kind of a jack of all trades. So we'll get into that. But before we dive in, Fred, thanks so much for joining you want to take a minute or two and, and let the people know who you are. Yeah. Thank you, Trent. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. So a little bit about my background. I started out with a very long and successful career. I was working as a computer engineer and I spent many years working at technology companies, a lot of startup companies. And what happened was I watched my entire industry get turned upside down because we went through the dot-com boom and then the bursting of the dot-com bubble. And that was immediately followed by the September 11th terrorist attacks. So you can imagine all this turmoil in the world. It made me realize that it was way too dependent on the income for my job. It was my only source of income, just one. I saw the huge risk I was taking. And so that led me to pursuing alternative investments, got started building a real estate portfolio, building a rental portfolio in Philadelphia, where I'm based out of. And then after a number of years, I started learning about node investing and started getting involved with that. And I found that I really liked node investing and it was a great way to scale portfolio into something big. And that was a distinction because I recognized I couldn't do that with single family rentals. You can't scale them easily. I started right in with mortgage note investing, where instead of owning the property, I was on title as a secured lien holder. As a lender, you're receiving the monthly payments from the borrower. And this allowed me to build up a portfolio and invest all over the country. It ends up being a very diverse portfolio. And that's a little bit about how I got started. Very nice. So Fred, I know we talked kind of the timeline a little bit about your career. When did Mm -hmm. you start investing in the single family houses? In the early 2000s. And you did that for how long? I'm still doing it. (laughs) So yeah, so it's been a little more than 20 years. Yeah. In addition to the single family investments, you added mortgage note investing on top of that, and you continue to do single family investments today. Yes. Okay. And when you're investing in single family properties, are you flipping them? Are you long-term hold? What's your strategy No, long-term hold. Long-term hold. Yeah. How are you finding most of your single family deals? 
Well, it's a mix. Some are through relationships. Some were through just being listed in our local MLS. It was a variety of things. But for many years, I had a great relationship with a real estate broker where they would call me up when they had a new listing. And it's a great place to be where you're on that speed dial from broker where they call you first because they know that you can close and you can perform and you're a solid investor. And that's what happened. And so I bought many properties that way. But another thing, Trent, over time, as my node investing started to get more and more of a focus for me, I'm doing very little with single family rentals these days because of that. It's just a shift in focus. I love the asset class, but it does take a lot of time. And so there's a limit to how much you can be actively involved in and still do a a good job with it. So for some people that don't know about note investing or aren't familiar with it, at a base level or at a very high level, explain it to someone like they're a fifth grader. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is note investing? Note investing is where instead of buying a property, you buy a note and you're investing in a paper of the transaction. And the paper is the notes and mortgages associated with all the properties. Most properties in the U.S. get purchased with financing. I'm sure many of you real estate investors are familiar with this, where you buy a property, you put down the down payment, the bank or the lender comes in, puts up the rest of the cash for the purchase, and you as the buyer have to sign over a security instrument, which is the mortgage, to protect the lender and secure that property. Those mortgages end up being bought and sold every day on the secondary market. And individual investors, you can buy those notes just same way that the Wall Street firms and a lot of these mortgage-backed securities where they go out and they buy those mortgages, well, individual investors can do that as well. When you buy the mortgage, the note, then you're the lien holder and you become the bank. You step into the shoes of the bank and you transition from being the one making the monthly payments to being the one receiving the monthly payments. And what I love so much about this is it's a great way to really increase the predictability of your cash flow. I mean, this is something that I've never even really examined or, or done much research on. So personally, I thought that only banks could buy mortgage notes unless there were certain loan programs. Can you buy any type of loan program or does it have to be specific? Like, can you buy a conventional 30-year fixed mortgage? Yeah, you can buy any kind of debt. Okay. You just have to find a seller that's willing to sell it to you. You can buy 30-year fixed mortgages. You can buy commercial mortgages on an apartment building or a restaurant. You can buy a note on a vehicle, auto debt. There's aviation debt. There's medical debt, all kinds of debt. They're traded and sold on the secondary market. But I'm sure that most listeners can relate to this. You go out, you take out a mortgage, whether you're refinancing property or buying a property, you sign all the documents at closing, and then you start making your monthly payments. Well, wouldn't you know, usually after about three to six months, you get that letter from the lender saying, dear Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, 
please note that your loan is being sold to a new lender. Here's their new address. Here's their contact info. Starting next month, please make your payments to the new lender. This happens to all of us. And that is the secondary market at work. The interesting thing that happens when loans are sold, they're sold at a discount. So they're sold for some amount less than the loan balance. That's the objective. Isn't that the objective of every real estate investor? You want to try to buy a property for less than market value. That's always the strategy. Well, with node investing, that is part and parcel of this business. The discount that's offered is what makes your yield go up. It increases your yield and rate of return on the debt. So depending on many, many different characteristics, we don't have a lot of time to go into that. But at a high level, just understand that the risk characteristics of the note impacts the discount. And so if you're willing to take on more risk, you can negotiate a better discount and earn a higher rate of return. That makes sense. So when you're underwriting or analyzing these notes that you're looking at purchasing, what are some of the things that you are underwriting or looking into? Yeah, that's a great question. And I talk a lot about this in the book I wrote called The Little Green Book of Note Investing. This is the underwriting process, very much similar to how a bank does it when they're originating the loan. You look at the borrower, their credit, their work history, their payment history. You also look at the collateral itself, which is the real estate, the property. What's the market value? What's the local real estate market like? What does days on market look like in that region? And also you have track record, the history on the loan. Does the loan have five years of payments made on time every single month? Or are there a couple of missed payments every year because maybe the borrower does some type of seasonal work where during a couple of months of the year, they're super busy. And then there's a couple of months a year where they're slow and they get behind in their payments, but then they always get caught up in the end. So that could be something that's more of a risk factor. So you see all of these different scenarios And in addition to that, you look at the title, condition of title as well, and the servicing history on the loan. So all of that put together, that really becomes your underwriting process. And are you responsible for doing all the due diligence or do they present you with a nice packet saying, hey, these are the borrowers, this is the loan, yes or no? No, you're responsible for doing the due diligence. A lot of times loan sellers will give you all the information they have, and they should, but it's on you. It's buyer's responsibility to verify everything. It's like that famous maxim, trust, but verify. Mm -hmm. That's the world we live in. So check everything out. You want to make sure that the taxes are being paid, that there's insurance in force on the property, all of these things. But the buyer has to look at that. So doing due diligence is a very important part of node investing. And you have to perform that prior to buying the note. Once you've bought the note, then that's it. You own it as is, where is, with any problems or blemishes that it may have. So I know in real estate investing, you have an inspection period. Is there an inspection period when it comes to note investing? There is. There's typically a due diligence period that's spelled out in your purchase agreement. Okay. Yeah. And so if you need longer time, you can negotiate 
to have that in the contract. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through off-site professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. When you are looking at investing in a new note or notes that you've already invested in, what's the typical note look like? Do you look for a certain balance? Do you look for certain rates? How do you go about that? They're all over the place. There's no typical loan balances can be anywhere from a couple thousand dollars up to in millions of dollars, especially if you're dealing with jumbo loans and everything in between. There's really two ways to go about getting started in node investing. The first way is to build up a portfolio buying individual notes. But the other way is to invest in a note fund that's professionally managed. And when you do that, the fund managers, they're raising capital, and then they're going out to the secondary market, buying the notes, performing all the due diligence, and taking care of the management and admin. And for some people that maybe they're new to this, it's a great option for them. And it's very similar to investing in a multifamily apartment syndication where for the investors, it's more of a passive investment and they're relying on the managers to manage the asset, take care of the property, handle all the accounting and the research and due diligence, all of those things. And so it's a very similar arrangement. With node investing, I feel like there's a place for everyone, whether you have a lot of time and you want to be hands-on and actively be a node investor, great, go and build up your portfolio of notes. However, if you don't have time because maybe you're a business owner or busy professional and you rather be a passive investor so that you can focus on what you do, then a note fund is a great option. And so the, that way, the due diligence will be taken care of for you in that scenario. And when it comes to a note fund, is it similar structure to a real estate syndication where there's usually a preferred return and some upside at the end? Or is it more focused on just that preferred return? I've seen both scenarios. Yeah, it really just depends on the asset class. Okay. And let's say someone wants to invest in real estate in some capacity. They've never bought a deal before. Mm -hmm. And they're looking between a single family investment, a long-term rental, or a note investing avenue. I mean, you've done both. So how would you compare the barrier of entry to each strategy? Barrier of entry, really for both of them, it's having the knowledge, the skills, the education, and the relationships. Either way, whether you invest in properties or in notes, you need to start building relationships because you can't do everything yourself. If you're investing in property, you need to build relationships with real estate agents and brokers to help you find properties. 
you need your financing people, mortgage origination, lenders, relationships with banks. And then what about maintaining the property on an ongoing basis? You need your contractors, your go-to team, as well as attorneys, accountants, all of these all of these players, they become part of your all-star team and they help you to be successful. Now in node investing, it's no different. It's just that the roles change a lot. There's different vendors, attorneys, the people you buy notes from, whether it's note funds or other investors, you build those relationships. Everything is based on the ability to build strong relationships. And does there... I want to say a drop off, but is there a delta or a difference in the return that you look for in note investing versus single family? If you're targeting a 7% cash on cash return with a single family house or a duplex, is there a lesser amount with note investing or do the numbers stack up pretty similarly? It's not a straight comparison, not at all. And here's why with real estate investing, there's four ways that you benefit from real estate. They are the cash flow. Second is the tax benefits, tax deductions on the property. The third is loan amortization, where each payment that your tenant is making is reducing your loan balance. And then the fourth one is appreciation. So you have all that over the long term, and it really is beneficial. Now, with node investing, there's two ways that you make money it's through capital gains and interest income. That's it. Capital gains means you bought a loan for less than the amount owed, and then at some future time, you received a full payoff. And so the difference between what you bought it for and what you received at the end, that becomes capital gains. And there's no tax deductions with notes. All there is, is tax liability. I like the idea of doing both. You can generate profits and tax liability through node investing, and then own some real estate. Maybe you have a couple of rentals that generate losses for you that offset your other activities. So that can be a nice combination. You're definitely piquing my interest right now talking about note investing. When it comes to your portfolio, what is the split in terms of rentals versus note investing in terms of percentages? Is it 50-50? Is it 75-25? Yeah, let's say it's 75, 25, but it changes over time. Maybe in the future, maybe the real estate market will turn to becoming a buyer's market and I may become more active on the real estate side. Everything goes through market cycles, Trent. I've been at this long enough to have lived through multiple market cycles. And so there's always a time to ramp up a particular business or particular skill and activity and to reduce activity in other areas based on where's the opportunity at a given point in time. One question that just kind of popped in my head randomly was how often are you churning notes? I mean, are you getting paid offs all the time or is it more sporadic than I think? That's a great question. They happen all the time, payoffs. Here's why, Trent. Here's an interesting statistic. In the United States, the average lifespan of a mortgage loan is five to seven years. And after that time, what happens is a property ends up being sold or it ends up being refinanced. Why? Why is that? Because life happens. Life happens. 
people end up moving because they need to upgrade to a larger house or they want to get into a better school district or maybe a job change results in someone moving across country. All of these things happen or someone refinances a property. You never know. You never know as the lender when that's going to happen. And so it introduces this element of randomness where a payoff comes. Maybe you bought the note a month ago, or it was a note you bought 10 years ago. You never know when that comes. It's an interesting surprise. And so you have money coming back to you, which is always a good thing, right? Getting your capital back from a successful deal. Now, your job as a note investor is when that money comes back, you want to redeploy as quickly as possible. Because if you have a large amount of idle cash, it's earning a 0% rate of return, and that produces drag on your overall portfolio. You want to be always having access to notes, having conversations with note sellers, so that when the time is right, you can go out to the marketplace and buy new notes. And I guess on the flip side, have you had any horror stories of people having to get foreclosed on or you getting the property from a note investment? Well, I'll tell you, that's something that it doesn't happen as often as you would think. But yeah, people, the problems can come up, defaults can happen. But I would say that having a good team in place with your loan servicers and managing the notes really helps to get things moving smoothly. And that's a reality of the business. So what I will say, though, for the most part is if anyone is ever in trouble or gets into a default situation, the best thing you can do is communicate with your lender, with your loan servicer, communicate, get an open dialogue going and start talking about putting a plan together to get things back on track again. I figured that would be the case because I mean, just like real estate or rental investments, you have evictions, you have people get behind and that's just part of the business. So I was curious. Yeah. Foreclosures doesn't happen as often as you would think. And here's why, Trent. Have you ever attempted to purchase property at foreclosure sale? yourself. They they get sold before they even get to that point out here. That's exactly what happens. It's all over the country. There will be a foreclosure sale that happens. Maybe they happen every month or every quarter or whatever, where there'll be hundreds of properties listed for sale and they're published in the newspaper and advertised and everything according to the local laws. But what happens is the majority of those properties, they don't get sold the sale gets postponed or the sale gets canceled. And why is that? It's because what happened was the borrower and the lender, they came to terms, made some kind of an agreement and canceled the sale, which it's the best outcome for everyone when that happens. So I always talk to real estate investors, I ask questions about that. I tell them, yeah, it doesn't happen as often as you would think. And if you've ever gone to a sale yourself, you can see why, because exactly of this reason. I guess one kind of follow-up question. You mentioned your lender and your loan servicer. I'm mm-hmm. assuming those are pieces to your team. Yes. You talked about your rental side, the team, the contractors, the property managers, all those people. What's a team look like when it comes to note investing? Yeah, that's a great question. So let's talk about the loan servicer, which is the most important A loan servicer, what do they do? They service and manage a loan 
on behalf of the lender. And so that means they collect the borrower payments, they keep track of the accounting and amortization table on the note, they take phone calls, they prepare the tax statements at the end of the year for the borrower, their interest statements. If there's a loan payoff, they will coordinate with the title company to give them the payoff quote and coordinate everything through escrow. And and also compliance. There's a lot of compliance requirements state by state where certain letters and notices have to be sent out to everyone involved. And loan servicers do all of this for very low fee. Typically, it's between $15 to $30 a month per note. And what I'd like you to think about this concept, the same way that a property manager manages a rental property, the loan servicer manages the note on behalf of the lender. It's one of your most important partners in this business. Now, going beyond that, what are some other vendors we work with? Attorneys. You need to have attorneys in every state where the loans are located, where the properties are located. Also, you want service providers, data providers for pulling title, looking at property reports, pulling appraisals or AVMs or BPOs, all of those different valuation models so that you can do analysis and due diligence when buying a property. And beyond that, it's your accountants, CPAs, attorneys for compliance and different areas. So all of that together really encompasses what's needed for node investing. And as the investor, you are the lender, right? You're the one that is the lender. And then the loan servicer works in relation with you to make sure that payments are being collected and all that. Yes. Got it. Okay. I have a lot better understanding of the team aspect now and how things flow. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. Is there anything that I didn't touch on when it comes to the process of note investing? Like I said, it's a foreign concept for me. I was trying to ask questions that got me the answers that I was curious about. Did I miss any questions today? No, you cover all the basics. So you ask great questions. Yeah. I know we talked about the book, The Little Green Book of Note Investing that you wrote. Mm -hmm. Is there a place people can find that if they want to learn more about it? Yeah, absolutely. It's available on Amazon. Or if you go to my website, you can find a link to the book. But yeah, you can go on Amazon. You put search my name or by the title, Little Green Book of Note Investing, and it'll come right up. This book provides a great high-level overview of node investing, how it works, what it is, how to perform due diligence, and also one of the most powerful strategies that I love to talk about, which is using your retirement accounts to do node investing in. And it doesn't matter whether you're buying notes or investing in fund, if you do it out of a tax-advantaged account, like a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA and get those tax benefits so that your money's compounding tax-free, that is powerful. Like the growth there is really impactful. So I always encourage people to explore that because it's a very powerful concept. And Fred, what is your website for people that want to visit? Oh, yes. Thank you. My website is at fredmoskowitz.com. And if you prefer a little bit of an easier spelling, You can just go to giftfromfred.com and it will take you right there. And once you're at my website, you can connect with me. You can sign up for my newsletter that I have, 
or you can even request a special report that I'm happy to send out to anyone for free just for asking. You'll see that on the website. So I invite everyone, connect with me. I always love talking to investors, learning about what they do, and uh, look forward to hearing from you. And we'll make sure that that's linked down below in the show notes. Fred, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all about note investing today. Thank you, Trent. It was a great show. Great to be on here. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.